1: Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario, and I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is the astute, the astounding, the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher here at Irish Breakdown. He's shaking his head at me because he never knows what I'm going to say when I'm introducing him. Um,
2: People don't think
1: I'm making you say that. That, that. (laughs) That's... always looking for a couple extra zeros in the paycheck right so I do whatever I got to do um no just kidding but uh I hope you had a Merry Christmas first of all yes yes Um, I did yeah this, this was uh it's always crazy five kids at home uh the the gifts it's all it always amazes me what my wife is able to do and all the gifts that come flowing out the bottom of the Christmas tree so it was a good day Lots of happy faces, a lot of squeals of delight. So, uh, it was a good day for us. I hope it was a good day for you as well.
2: Yeah, it was. And hopefully, it was a good, uh, good Christmas for everybody out there, uh, that's, uh, watching or listening to this podcast. So now it's, uh, Christmas is behind us. That means it's time to start focusing on New Year, right. which the New Year means it's the, uh, college football playoff, which that's means, right, game versus Alabama. So I'm ready to rock mm-hmm. and roll.
1: Yeah, it's game week. And, uh, we want to make sure we kick things off the right way. And, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk some uh some Notre Dame uh, offense versus the Clemson defense uh today. Alabama. Now oh, wow. See, I'm still on Clemson. Woo! Thank you very much. Uh Notre Dame, Alabama. And maybe I'm just you know, it might be just a case of uh I this is gonna be one heck of a match. You're still getting over that that Clemson game.
2: I know was, that's really sticking in your crawl because uh, that was a game that you we, we both felt Notre Dame really had a chance to to play we well in and, and win. And Still haven't gotten over that one yet. But, yeah, it's time to move on to the uh, the Crimson Tide. Who are <sighs> – It is. Cool, going to be quite the matchup. But this is the matchup to me, Vince, this this Alabama defense versus the Notre Dame offense. This is going to determine whether or not this is going to be a competitive game or not, and this is going to be the matchup yeah. that determines whether or not Notre Dame has a chance to pull off a monumental upset. because. Right. You're not holding Alabama to 13 points. You're not going to nope. beat them 12 to seven, you nope. know, like you did Louisville. You're not. It's this is going to be a game where if you can't score, it's over. You don't have a chance.
1: Yeah. yeah Your defense
2: could why. play great and hold Alabama to 35 to 38 to 40 points. I mean, yeah. just that's just how good they are.
1: Well, I mean, they're averaging just under 50 points a game, I believe, mm-hmm. um, offensively. We'll we'll talk about the Alabama offense versus the Notre Dame defense in the next podcast, uh, but this one we're going to focus on the Alabama defense and. I think you know just from watching film uh, so far, you know of this matchup uh, of this Alabama defense. There's there's holes in this defense. I mean, mm. there, there's there's ways for Notre Dame to score. The problem I see ahead of time, and and we'll 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 get into this more deeply, but can Notre Dame attack where Alabama is is weakest? Right? Can they think outside the box a little bit from what they've been doing to attack? Uh, this Alabama defense and that's the part that remains to be seen Um, but let's focus on this defense uh, so far Brian this defense this season they're not the ones getting the headlines uh, you know so far they uh, it used to be Nick Saban's first few years in Alabama it was the defense and then the offense was just kind of there they they were the undercard uh, th- this defense is now the undercard, you know, kudos to Nick Saban for realizing mm-hmm. that offense is now going to be the side of the ball. That's going to win the championship for you. As you like to say, defense will get you to the show, but the offense needs to win you the championship and Alabama has, has subscribed to that. There is no question about it. So this defense has taken a backseat mm-hmm. and, and they've taken a backseat, uh, statistically, uh, they've taken a back seat as far as the powerhouse on this team. And there, there's some weaknesses here on this defense. What are your thoughts on this defense so far this season, through, through the regular season, through the SEC championship, uh, and where we stand right now?
2: Well, you know, Vince, it's kind of weird. It depends on which part of the season do you want to talk about. Do you want to talk about the Alabama defense the first month when <laughs> Ole Miss went up and down the field on him, you know, made Notre Dame's performance against Clemson in the ACC title game look like a great one? <laughs> you know, that's how, that's how bad they hurt him. Or do you want to talk about how. <clears throat> how Florida put 46 on them, you know, had over 460 yards of offense. Right. Both teams averaged over seven yards of play. Do you want to talk about the first half of the Georgia game when Georgia scored 24 points in the first half during a stretch of the season when Georgia's offense wasn't that good? Or do you want to talk about the team that after Georgia and before Florida was holding opponents to under 10 points a game? You know, if you look at the last six games of the regular season before the SEC title game, I think the number I came up with when I did the math was they were at about 8.8 points per game is what they were Mm. giving up. Now, you look at that part of the schedule and it's a bunch of bad offenses. Yeah, sure. You know, so it's kind of like, how good good are they really? I, I don't think we really know the answer to that. The problem that I would say, however, is that when you look at it specifically with this matchup with Notre Dame is my concern, and we'll dive into this as we get into more specific matchups, is the things that have hurt Alabama this year Notre Dame has the personnel to impact Alabama. But the scheme that Notre Dame has employed is not what has been something that has hurt Alabama. Yeah. And that's going to be the rub when you look at this matchup is, is is Notre Dame going to be what Brian Kelly said a couple weeks ago, we are who we are on offense? Uh, Are they going to do what they did against Clemson, which is we're just going to do our stuff and hopefully it works? Uh, Or are they going to think outside the box and say, hey, we're a a 19-and-a-half, 20-point underdog? We got to kind of pull out all the stops here and we got to go at Bama and we got to try to get creative and do what they should have been doing all season. It's interesting, Vince, because you talk about how Alabama uh, isn't what they used to be. And you go back and look at that 2012 Alabama team and that's a team that gave up 10.9 points per game. Uh, You know, that year that they beat Notre Dame in 2012, they were averaging about 38.7 points per game. Now they're at 49.7 points per game and they're at 19.5 points per game given up. So they've gone up on both sides of the ball by about the same. But the yeah. thing that we see is they Alabama is, is understands what I've been saying now for a couple of years, which is to your point that you, you you use the the statement that I like to make is defense will get you here, but it's offense that's going to win you the championship. Yeah, and, yeah. And the only mm-hmm. year we've seen defense really factor into a championship was the year that it was two SEC teams playing in the championship. Um, and that was Alabama and Georgia, two teams that run the same, almost the same exact defense. And we'll also get into that here in a little bit, too. But, you know, it's kind of funny. One of my criticisms of Brian Kelly for all the great things he's done at Notre Dame, and I feel like I always have to put that qualifier in there before you say anything critical of Brian Kelly or some people just lose their minds, uh, is that he's always he's been way too reactionary. And I think when, you know, and I'm going to have an article coming up here uh, about how Brian Kelly needs to kind of go back to his roots. When he was at Grand Valley State, because if you look at Grand Valley State's two best teams, but and it was actually the 0102 team, not the 2003 team that won a title, <clears throat> the 01 team was on pace to win a championship and then a quarterback got hurt, I think in the semifinals or quarterfinals of the national playoff and, and they ended up losing the championship game. They averaged 50 and a half points per game that year in 2001. They averaged 40 about 46 the second year and that they, they won their first national championship. Ryan Kelly was ahead of his time back then. He was understanding that you have to win. You have to score. You have to dominate right. people. Well, that's kind of what Bama's doing now. They had pretty good defenses back then with Chuck Martin as a defensive coordinator, but they just overwhelmed people. And so when you look at this Alabama defense, they're giving up more points because they're on the field so much more. And because of offenses have, have, have changed as much as they have, them giving up 19 and a half points per game this year is, is actually pretty good. Uh, you know 19 and a half points per game back in 2012 you know it wasn't wasn't going to rank you where it does now I mean that's just it's, it's just a it's just a different era you know back then 19 and a half points per game that's a you know that's a top 20 defense and if you look at a lot of the teams that were that were giving up those kind of points it was teams that were not power five teams you know now Alabama's giving up 19 and a half points per game they're a top 20 defense and so yeah you know, it's just one of those things, Vince, where you're just – teams can score now more, and, and Alabama understands that, and they've had to adjust their system schematically, and Notre Dame is still chasing Alabama what they were in 2012. Notre Dame's trying to be what Alabama was in 2012, and Alabama right. saying we can't win championships that way. Yeah, we have to be good on defense, and Alabama is still really good on defense. They're still a top twenty-five defense.
1: Sure. It just gets overshadowed by what they do on offense, right?
2: And, and and it's not we're not used to seeing that that elite top five Alabama defense, but but that Alabama defense was getting beat by Johnny Manziel. You know that Alabama defense was getting torched by Deshaun Watson. You know that that and and Nick Saban saw that this is the this is the future. You have to be able to score. Uh, and you look at how good Alabama was a couple years ago in 2018, you know, that was a really good Alabama defense of 2018, even after giving up 40 some points in the national title game to Clemson and, and 34 points in the playoff game to Oklahoma, that was a team that still ranked about 12th in scoring, but they, you know, they, they got that actually scored 16 in the, in, um, you know, got beat 44 to 16 by Clemson in the title game. Okay. Well, your defense isn't going to hold Clemson to seventeen points, right? You know? Exactly. You're not going to beat. You're not going to win a championship like they did in 2011, where you where you win 21 to to nothing. You're you know they could have beat Notre Dame 17 to 14 that year. You know they they just Notre Dame's defense couldn't stop them, but you know their defense was able to hold Notre Dame to 14. You're not holding champion in the championship game. You're not going to hold teams to 14 points anymore unless you're playing a team from your league. And so I feel like Notre Dame is still trying to be like Alabama was. But Alabama understands that you can't be that way anymore. You have to be more opportunistic on defense. You have to be good on defense, and trust me, Nick Saban does not like the does not like it when his teams give up points. Sure, uh, and you can see how he interacts with Pete Golding on the sideline afterwards. He, it's not much fun being a defensive coordinator for Nick Saban. But I mean, that's that's just the way football is played now. Vince, you, yeah. You, you have to, if you're going to win championship if not, if you're going to win big games, you have to score points. But
1: well, he likes to win too. Yeah. And so he, he's adjusted his thinking on, you know, how you go about winning. And, mm-hmm. and he at least has his finger on the pulse of college football and how that's done because it's right. been done to him. Now he's doing it to other people. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's, that, that's it's the mark of a good coach. I mean, let's right. be honest. It's somebody that can look himself in the mirror and say, okay, what we've done so far is great. Mm-hmm. but if we want to keep do you know winning then we have to right. adjust uh, and it and was that,
2: a two was... ad, two-part adjustment for him offensively Vince and we'll get into this more in the next show but it was first going to the mobile quarterback and then going to the more explosive offense sure and defensively as we kind of dive into this um we haven't seen him evolve quite as much he's still trying to be the same coach he's always been uh and where you've seen them adjust is more from a personnel standpoint. They haven't mm-hmm. made the, the big evolution schematically defensively. You're still running pattern match. They're still doing pattern match coverages. They're still doing a lot of the similar things. They're, they're, they're still listed as a 3-4 defense. The difference is now they, the personnel-wise, they're better able to match up with spread teams. Uh, they can go 4-2-5 uh, from a personnel standpoint, even though they still are, a, you know, a, even then, a 3-4 type of team. Uh, you know athleticism is a little bit more of a premium for them and I think that's partly also why I don't think their defense has been quite as good Vince because they're still still very much trying to be um, that big physical shut down the run team right and that works against a lot of people and they can just outtown a lot of people but when they've gotten to some of these matchups against Clemson against Florida in the SEC title game Ole Miss and obviously Ole Miss had the advantage of knowing that defense Lane Kiffin sees that defense all that defense every day for every several day, years yeah. uh, you know and then you get into to games against like Ohio State back in 2014 uh, obviously we talked about the multiple games with Clemson you know you, even against Oklahoma I mean look Oklahoma scored 34 points and moved the ball on, on Alabama two years ago Alabama knew they had to outscore Oklahoma and, and I think he understands that, but I, I think their defense is more vulnerable now because they haven't. I actually think Notre Dame is ahead of the game. Brian Kelly's ahead of the game when it comes to the defensive adjustments that, that you need to make. And, and this is where I give Brian Kelly credit because I think he's behind the times offensively. But Brian Kelly made a change in 2017 that he made a change to a 4 2 5 defense. And Notre Dame's emphasis the last four years has been get as much athleticism on the field as pop. Notre Dame sure. is athletic everywhere. Yep. Kurt Heinish is very athletic for a nose guard. Myron Tungvaloa is athletic. Jason Ademiola is athletic. Um, you know, Jeremiah Wusu, Drew White is a very athletic player. You know, that that's just been their premium. You look at the guys they're recruiting on defense now in the 2021 class. There's some areas where you say they got to get a little bit better, but you know, they understand that that you have to be, you have to be fast. And I think there's still a little bit too much of that 6'4, 250 linebacker at Alabama. Uh, And that's where they've been vulnerable. And, And I think that's where you watch them against Ole Miss, you watch them against Georgia, you watch them against Florida. A lot of times it's tight ends that are hurting them. It's running backs that are hurting them. It's, you know, it's, it's stuff over the middle that's hurting them. And it's because I don't think they've quite evolved defensively the way that they need to offensively, because offensively Nick K- Saban can just say, I'm going to go hire Lane Kiffin and let him do what he's going to do, or I'm going to hire Steve Sarkisian to do what he's going right. to do. He's having the same problem defensively that Brian Kelly's having offensively in that he's still a defensive coach. So he's not fully able to kind of let go of what got him here, you know, and Brian Kelly kind of, I think medals too much defensively. Offensively, Nick Saban, he said, here's where we need to be and I'm going to make the hire and let that guy go do it. That's exactly what Brian Kelly did defensively, right, Vince? Yeah. So I think that's why we've seen also partly why we've seen Alabama not be quite as good because I don't think they've quite evolved to the level they need to, which is you got to get as much athleticism on the field as you can. They've got that in the secondary, but there's still not enough of that in the front seven, and I think that's what makes them a bit vulnerable.
1: Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, you know, if you were if you're talking to somebody who's never seen Alabama play this year, um, how would you compare that defense to let's say Notre Dame's defense? Uh, you know, if, if it's a Notre Dame fan listening, they've seen Notre Dame's defense play. How would you compare the two as far as how they play against elite offenses? Um, you know, how maybe they they match up athletic? I mean, you kind of mentioned how they they kind of they're old school defensively as far as personnel versus mm-hmm. Notre Dame, who's athletic. Uh, but just just a comparison, if that makes sense, just to kind of outline yeah. what Irish fans are going to see uh, on January first. Uh, they're really
2: big. They're still really big. I mean, you look at their ends again. They're they're a they're a three four team by personnel. Uh, what they call it. Uh,
1: They They, do a lot of four-down stuff. They
2: do, and even then, they're sort of like Notre Dame, and that's what I love about Mike Elko and Clark Lee's version of the four-down is because that that drop end has still got his hand up, so it's so much easier to drop that guy into coverage when he's in a two-point stance as compared to when he puts his hand in the ground. And so they have some of that flexibility, but they still treat that guy much more like a defensive end than Notre Dame does in in their four-down defense, you know, so uh, very big, very physical. You look at their linebackers. You know, their starting inside linebackers are 6'3", 240, 6'2", 232. Their backups are 240, 250. Their outside linebackers are 6'4", 250-pound guys. Uh, You know, their defensive ends are 285, 295. Their nose guards are, you know, 3'10", 320. They're still a big physical two-gapping team in a lot of instances on defense. Uh, And what we saw late in the year was we saw Alabama attack more. And I think the stat that I had this morning, and I'm trying to – I should have pulled this up before we started the show, but the, I believe like the first seven games they had like 11 sacks. In the last four games they've had 21 sacks. Ooh. They have heated it up a little bit. But, again, part of that's because they've played teams that aren't very good. But part of that, too, is you've got some young defensive linemen that are starting to to be used more to attack. Uh, <clears throat> you know. And, and I think that's been something that's really allowed their offense to kind of take that next step because – they are you know when you look at a guy like will anderson who's an edge player they're starting to use him as more of a pure edge pass rusher and allowing him to use his athleticism more than they did early in the year because they understand we've we've got to heat the quarterback up a little bit yeah and i think that's where you've started to see them sort of get a little bit better as the season has worn on but then against florida we saw that that left them vulnerable to some big play opportunities especially with the tight end and of course, they have a incredible. Florida has incredibly good tight end. So, you're going to see some things that remind you of what Alabama's always been, and that's kind of what I was talking about earlier, Vince. Which is yeah. you're going to see some odd fronts, and you're going to see three really big dudes right up front, right. and they're, you know, and they're two ninety five, two eighty five, you know, five techniques. Yep. They're big, three hundred twenty pound nose tackle, two hundred forty five, two hundred fifty pound inside linebackers. So you're going to see some of that, uh, but you're also going to see on the perimeter a lot of length. And that's the one thing I do like about their defense is they're very long on the second on the second level. So even when they get beat or make mistakes, they've got such good length that you have to you have to really be accurate. I mean, you, you there was the one I don't remember can't remember if it was went for a touchdown or if it was just caught inside the five. The the play to Kyle Pitts uh in the SEC title game. I mean, he's six six and that ball was right. put over top of three guys. Mm-hmm. There, there aren't a lot of quarterbacks that can make that throw and there definitely aren't a lot of six, six tight ends that can make that play, you know? So um, even when they're getting beat, there's still a, a margin for error that's very difficult to get to, which is why most teams couldn't get there, you know? So even though I just talked about some vulnerabilities on the defense, you know, you look at their, you look at their results down the stretch Vince, you're like, well, wh- what are you talking about? Because in the last six games, they get you know this is a regular season. They get zero points to seventeen points to Tennessee, zero points to Mississippi State, three points to Kentucky, thirteen points to Auburn, seventeen points to LSU, three points to Arkansas. Well, that, I'll take that kind of underachieving yeah. defense every day of the week. Yeah, no doubt those were against pretty bad offenses, but uh, you know th- this is this is a down defense for Bama, but still for most teams, it's still a very good top twenty to twenty five caliber defense. Um, and it's young, it's got some 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 youth at certain positions. And, you know, you you see a, a defense that kind of started to come into their own getting Dylan Moses back, you know, it took him four or five games to really get going after he tore his knee up, didn't miss the year before. Uh, you know, had some a lot of guys, especially in the secondary go pro. <clears throat> so uh, it's not as good of a defense as it was the previous year. But, you know, it's, it's still a pretty good defense.
1: Well, let's, I want to jump into some specific personnel uh, at at each level of the defense, right? Uh, But before we do, uh, we want to take a quick break here and uh, we want to hear from one of our sponsors. And that sponsor is Indeed.
2: 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire
1: is critical and Indeed is here to help. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. You can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do.
2: According to Comscore, 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use
1: Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back Irish fans. Uh, Brian you you started to you started to wet the whistle there a little bit when you started talking some personnel Uh, and and I want to dive into that because uh, obviously there's athletic guys all over the place uh, and and big strong guys all over the place on this defense and uh, I want to kind of take it level by level with this group so Irish fans understand what they're going to be seeing uh, Mm -hmm. when they flip on the TV, uh, or I guess they could be in person down there in Dallas. And if you are, (laughs) congratulations. I'm sure that's a pretty tough ticket to get right now. Um, But let's start up front, Brian, Uh, some defensive line personnel. Like you said, there's some beef uh, there, and there may or may not be a matchup here that I'm going to be keeping my eye on, but we'll talk about that in another podcast. But I I want you to kind of go over the defensive personnel up front.
2: Yeah, like I said, it's a very big group. So you look at this, yeah. the two defensive ends that play a lot. It's LeBrian Ray at 6'5", 295. He's one of their five techniques. And Byron Young, uh, who's 6'3", 292. Steven Wynn, who Notre Dame tried to recruit a few years ago, 310 pounds at defensive end. Um, their other defensive end, Justin Oboigbe, 6'5", 285. Their backup defensive end, who's really their – you know, he may not start, but he's their, their better end. He plays more. He gets more production. Christian Barmore is listed as a defensive end he's 65310 you know their third string uh sh- strong side end is 65312 so a uh, 64312 excuse me so you know again a lot of beef and and that's what I talk about it's very much like alabama used to be it's just a massive defensive line and and they're big they're physical not a lot of those guys have been very good at putting pressure on the quarterback this year and part of that's because LeBron ray has been injured you know, he was a guy that I thought for a while there in his career was showing a lot of potential. It uh, just never has been able to take off because he's just been banged up a lot and we haven't seen his game evolve to that level. Justin Oboigbe is a guy that was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was a big recruit for them. Uh, he has a half a sack this year in 11 games. He hasn't really, you know, kind of seen that jump that you'd expect. But then, you know, you look at Christian Barmore, and I wrote about him this morning on Irish Breakdown, or actually it would be Saturday morning at irishbreakdown.com. Uh, and you know he's a six foot five, three hundred ten pound guy. that has got six sacks, you know, and, and so he's he's a he's a beast. He's a handful. And so there's there there's some size there. That that's what I think has helped them against the run. Uh, I think teams that have been successful running on them have been teams that can kind of run right at them and be quick with it. You know, because they got those big guys, and you know you need to hit those holes quickly. Because if you let those big guys kind of get get that push going, there's going to be nowhere to go. And so, and they're they're really ranging athletic. I think their safeties and, and and different players struggle with some 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 run game stuff. We'll get into mm-hmm. that or some coverage stuff. But they're really good at the run game. So they're going to try to funnel you back into those big boys, and and that's where I think they're uh, they're really good as they can be really physical against traditional offenses. And that's my concern with Notre Dame is if Notre Dame was running an offense like Ole Miss in Florida mixes up tempos, play actions, you know, spreads the field, takes some shots, really aggressive team. I'd say, boy, Notre Dame's got the personnel to give Alabama a lot of problems. The problem is Notre Dame is still trying to run the traditional old school, you know, two tights kind of power offense that plays right into Alabama's hands. Cause that's, that's a where, that's where Alabama's wheelhouse is with their front seven vents yeah. is that big physical front seven. And when you start going two tight end personnel all game and putting your guys in wings, you're, you're, you know, you're fitting into it. And we've seen this with Georgia. The last two times Notre Dame's played Georgia. It, who's Georgia's head coach? It's Kirby Smart. Where did Kirby Smart, Smart spend most of his career? Learning under Nick Saban. You see, it's almost the exact same defense. Now, there's right. some personality differences with the schemes, but it's very similar. You know, the 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 things that, that that Georgia did the last two times Notre Dame played them were gave Notre Dame a lot of problems. Those, those pre-snap line shifts where the line will start kind of, you know, off center and like an odd front. And then at the, right before the snap, they switch to an odd front or vice versa. They start off in an odd front and shift to a, 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 a an even front. Those are an odd front essentially where it's a three-man line. You have a nose tackle and then two five techniques. Even front is more of what you see from a traditional four down team like Notre Dame. Notre Dame doesn't do a lot of odd front now, but they did a lot of odd front back with Bob Diaco just to kind of give you guys some understanding of the differences in that football term. But um that really gave Notre Dame's offensive line a lot of problems, Vince, against the zones because, you know, you think you got your count. You know, I'm the center, you're the guard. We're working against this nose tackle. We're going to work with him up to that backside back. Well, then right before the snap, they shift and now he's gone. Well, now what do we do? Now you're working with the backside tackle. Now right. i got to work with the frontside guard. It can really create some problems for you. And when Notre, when you look at Notre Dame having some vulnerability at center, and we'll, we'll get into that, That that's the issue. So that's my concern, Vince, is, is – is when I looked at the Florida game, I thought, you know, Florida might be able to move the ball a little bit and score on them because even though I I didn't think the game was going to be as close as it was. Sure. But I thought Florida would be able to score on them. I didn't think they'd score 46 because I thought Florida would be able to kind of use their quick their pass game to attack them. And and Alabama's not built for that. Alabama's built for a physical downhill game, which is why even as good as Notre Dame's offensive line was in 2017, uh, they couldn't run on Georgia. And last year, of course, Notre Dame had no—they didn't try to run on Georgia. Well, you're facing the same kind of defense, but now they have better players. Sure. And so that—that's—that's that's where the front seven, which the front four especially, event, or the front—it's really like a front four, like you said. Right. Yeah. When, when you look at at Will Anderson, who's an outside linebacker, and if you're not watching the video, it's—I'm I'm using air quotes there—he's a defensive end. Right. I mean, he's their best passer. He's a defensive end. It's kind of like calling Dalen Hayes an outside linebacker. Right. You know? Right. Um, so, you know, when you look at that front four, and Will Anderson's a, a guy that's really come on. I think he's had five sacks his last four games. He's kind Is of he had 31? This, yeah. He's the yeah. freshman defensive end. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, he's a really athletic edge rusher, freshman player. Uh, and as he's gotten more comfortable, you know, that's what happens when you play freshman early. As the season wears on, they get better and better and better. That's just kind of you know how it goes.
1: No sarcasm um, there at all. No, just you
2: know pointing out that's you know when you when you play freshmen, they may not be <laughs> like the world on fire right away, but you keep playing them and they'll eventually start to make plays for you. Mm, it's amazing. Um, it? I'm just saying, you know, like, like <clears throat> example, like if you had a running back that you know finally started getting touches in the fourth quarter of a game and rips off a 94 yard run, you know, he's eventually you play a guy more. He's he's gonna you know give him the ball. He's gonna have a chance. Same thing on defense. Uh, but in all seriousness, you know he's a guy that's really become as as the pass rush has gotten better, he's been a big yeah. part of it. Um, so it's a big physical group that it, you're going to have a hard time just playing smash mouth ball against. That's yeah. that's yeah. and simple, and that's always been the mo <laughs> with with Alabama.
1: Well, and I, and I think uh, you know we're going to talk about the linebackers. It's the same mo. Are they, mm-hmm. from what I saw on film, is they're they're fast. Um, they're not great in space. And I think they overpursue at times, yep. which can get them in trouble in the run game. And so I hope Notre Dame doesn't abandon the run game because I think they can have success there. Um, but they can't, you can run it right at Alabama, but you have to do it the right way. And mm-hmm. you, have to, you have to play with their eye level. And you have to, you, you have to mess yeah. with them a little bit because, like I said, they will overpursue, they will bring pressure. If they don't feel like they're front three or four getting on. they're going to bring linebacker pressure. Uh, and they're not afraid to do that. And they mm-hmm. do it in an aggressive manner, uh, from what I was able to tell. But the, like I said, they over-pursue, which leaves cutback lanes, um, and, it, and it leaves them vulnerable to the run. Right. And, and it does.
2: And they're like you said, they're big physical linebackers. They, they run well, but they're downhill players. That's correct. And where I think they've had the biggest problem with those linebackers is actually in coverage. And if yeah. you go look at the numbers from Pro and football Focus and those kind of things to your point, I'm more concerned about their over pursuit hurting them in the pass game than I am the run game. Okay. Uh and what I mean by that is the, the, they'll leave they'll leave you vulnerable. You can rip off a big play or two, but you're not going to consistently just run inside zone on them. No, you, you I, I agree. I mean? Absolutely. And agree. That, I know that's not what you're saying. Um you have to like you said that's where the eye level, you know, the the motions, the shifts, the the play actions, the counters, right. things like that you have to have some diversity to what you do with your run game. Yep. If they start getting a read on you, you're done. It's over. And, and again, that's the problem with Notre Dame. What's been my complaint for 3 4 games now is the other teams know what's coming now. And right. and what was the thing that Alabama was saying after the 2012 game against Notre Dame? We knew what was coming. They were calling yeah. plays out during the game and that's that's been the problem with Notre Dame's offense and it's it's been that way for a while is they get very predictable i don't know if they're not doing a great job with self-scouting or what but it's kind of like hey here's and brian kelly says it all the time we are who we are you know <laughs> to a um to a fault at times right and, and so that's the concern now now does that doesn't mean they have to be that way against alabama vince and i think the point is sure. to your point is there's some vulnerabilities there that mm-hmm. if tommy reese can really keep alabama on their toes this is a front seven that can be taken advantage of and it's almost kind of like because they do have that big physical front seven, as we talk about the linebackers. You know, you look at Christopher Allen, who's one of their outside linebackers, he's more of a strong side guy, 6'4, 250, Christian Harris, 6'2, 232. Uh Dylan Moses, 6'3, 240. You know, they're big, they're tackle to tackle guys. They want to play in a box. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's where they want to <laughs> spend their time. And so when when you've seen teams like Ole Miss that can get like so so Ole Miss did sort of a reverse game plan it, it, traditional football is this you run the ball effectively to set up the pass game well to have success against Alabama I kind of feel like you have to go in reverse order you have to do some things throwing the football effectively that are going to then set up opportunities for you to then hurt them with the run game sure We saw Clemson do that to Notre Dame in the ACC title game. Absolutely. Notre Dame or Clemson used their quarterback runs, but they used their perimeter screens. They used their bootlegs, their half rolls, their play actions. First, then that softened Notre Dame up. They started having more success running the football. You kind of have to do a similar thing. So, you know, early in the game, go with your three tight end set on the first couple plays of the game, but throw
1: out of it. Like they did. what, What game was it that they came out in the 13 personnel, but they threw almost every single down? georgia tech wasn't it was that i think yeah i think so it was on the road um and they they came out in the 13 personnel and and ian book had a great first series because they just kept throwing the ball to those tight ends and uh it was one-on-one coverage i believe on javon mckinley on the outside Mm and so might have been uh, pit
2: it's one it was one of those two one of those ones on the road
1: uh but anyway i i love that and right One of the things that I think Notre Dame has struggled with is, like I said earlier in the podcast, is thinking outside the box. And Mm -hmm. and an example of that is this. Um, I was watching the Georgia-Alabama game, and I believe it was Georgia's second touchdown. What Mm -hmm. they did Mm -hmm. is they lined the running back. James Cook. James Cook, number four. Uh they lined him up outside as an outside wide receiver. And I can't remember if
2: for, it was a trips formation, but he was the
1: outside receiver. Three to, and, three receivers that side. And they didn't put him in motion, did they? They just Mm-mm. lined him up. Just lined him there. up. And across from him was a linebacker. It was Christian Harris. It was number mm-hmm. eight for Alabama. And it was man-to-man coverage. And they they purposely went to that formation to get that matchup. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, and went and for an was,
2: 85-yard touchdown.
1: It was a running back versus a linebacker. And he looked like a linebacker in coverage, Right. okay? I mean, it wasn't even a great route. All he did was yeah. run straight ahead, and he had a five-yard cushion almost immediately uh, from Harris, and then Harris kind of leaped at it right. feebly, um, right. and, and it was an easy touchdown, 82-yard touchdown. And, and that wasn't
2: route. JT Daniels on the ball. No, it no. It was Stetson Bennett.
1: Stetson the fourth. Uh, Stetson Bennett the fourth. Uh, right. who is about as big as I am. Um, little guy. And who's
2: not a very good quarterback.
1: Right. And he, for he's being four, honest. He's fourth string. I mean, he was right. fourth string for a reason. Let's be, right. I, I mean, it's a great story. And all, but he was fourth string for a reason, right? So, right. Um, but that's the kind of thing that you can put your yeah. guys in position to be successful because of matchups and because you've right. done your scouting and you know that hey, this is how we're going to get that matchup.
2: Right. And the first play, uh, the first touchdown for Ole Miss was set up on a, on another play that was built on creating opportunities for a not a non receiver to make a play. Uh, Ole Miss's first touchdown got set up on a quick pop pass to the tight end. It was just a play-action pass. They got Alabama's linebackers to bite, and they just do a little quick chuck right behind the linebackers, yep. and the tight end catches it and takes off running. Those are the things you have to do to have success against this defense. You know, you have to be able to to take those opportunities to get the linebackers isolated, to get their safeties isolated, to get you know their linebackers in space where, like you said, Vince, they don't want to be in space. They want no. to be in the box.
1: Can you imagine Chris Tyree running
2: that route? I mean, he. well, first of all, Chris Tyree would have had an extra step compared to what James Cook had, and James right. Cook's a pretty fast player. Kyron Williams is another guy. I mean, Absolutely. Kyron Williams, when, when used, again, when used, is a guy that can do some damage out there. And so,
1: and know, even, if, even if they went trips and they did the exact same formation, had the running back on the outside, and they decided to keep the linebacker on the third receiver, that's mm-hmm. great because that's a Notre Dame receiver on a linebacker and you still have the advantage.
2: I mean, even if you wanted to do something like this, Vince, this is where you can get real creative. I've seen Virginia Tech do this, where they'll they'll put their running back out in the backfield and they'll hand the ball off to their tight end, James Mitchell, who returns kicks for him. Form. Wow. Y- y- you know, Tommy Trumbull. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I mean, look, Notre you know Dame's got I mean? one of the like, deepest tight end groups in the country. Yeah,
2: Here. but put Tommy use Trumbull it. in the backfield for pass pro and use him, uh, you know, as on, on some of those running back routes that you like to do. Uh, hand him the ball off for all I care. Yeah. I mean, again, you're a 20-point underdog. Yeah. Give nothing to lose. Nothing
1: to lose. And that's where lose. I really
2: want to see Tommy Reese have some fun in this game and have some fun from a game planning standpoint. Do some things that are outside the box. You know, do and some we're
1: not talking, you know, statues of liberty and statue of liberty and no, trick we're plays not talking and things- trick we're not talking play- like that. Trick
2: plays if you see it. If you see them vulnerable, but that's something you should do even if you're playing a team that's evenly matched. Absolutely, or, you know, or a team you're better than. If you see an opportunity for that, then you do it. Clemson does that master Right.
1: I'm just saying that's not what right. we're talking about. You're
2: not talking about gimmicks to hopefully get a correct. Player. To here it's it's understanding look there are some vulnerabilities to this Alabama defense there are some areas where this team can be had if you are willing to attack them in a certain way for Ole Miss and Florida it was easy to do that for Georgia throwing to James Cook that's kind of who that's what they like to do James Cook is a really good pass catcher yeah. in the backfield so it, it's got to also be kind of part of who you are but then getting creative with who you are. And and we've seen Tommy Reese effectively use Kyron Williams in the pass game. Yeah. Uh, whether it be a screen pass against Duke, which I'm still waiting for them to go back to that play uh, that went for 75 yards and we haven't seen it since. Uh, you know, to, that putting him in as the number three receiver against BC and isolating him on an, on an in-cut against a linebacker. I'll, I'll take that matchup. I'll take Kyron All Williams day. matched up against Christian Harris or Christian um, – excuse me yeah christian harris uh dylan moses or christopher allen i'll take that matchup any day of the week right and the other thing is, is if you start having and this is where you get into the, the personnel of events if you can get them out of their four linebacker alignment with using because you're effectively using your tight ends and running backs in the past game you now that's where you then create that and you
1: a, start running the ball run, baby yes game. yes and
2: yes. so, uh, you know, again, there there's <laughs> vulnerabilities to this Bama defense. No doubt. It's can you take advantage of it? That's the question. And can you – because if you allow Bama to stay in their base 3-4 personnel and you're trying to throw the ball a bunch, you're putting your offensive linemen in a spot you don't need to put them in. All right. Could they handle themselves? Sure, but they're going to give up some pressures here and there. Uh, you know, th- this this is an Alabama defense that, to me – um, is big and physical and, and can get after you a little bit but they're not a great pass rushing front seven and so Agreed. if you can then get them on their heels because you're throwing the ball on them that's where you can set up some of those run game opportunities because like you said Vince their linebackers are talented but they're more traditional linebackers they're more Manti Teo right. type of players than they Absolutely. are Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa type of players. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. And and But but that's where Notre Dame has personnel at tight end, has personnel at running back, to where you could say, I like Notre Dame's matchup there. I don't like Ben Skoranek and Javon McKinley against Patrick Sertain. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't like anybody's <laughs> receivers against Patrick Sertain. Right? Um but at linebacker and, and when you look at their linebackers and safeties against Notre Dame's uh, tight ends and backs, there's some advantages to be had. Sure. Now, whether Notre Dame is going to take advantage of that We don't know, and we'll get into the secondary here in a second. But I think that's the it, it's interesting we're saying this because in the past it was it was the, the there was no vulnerability with an Alabama front seven. <laughs> there just wasn't. But in this era, they can be had yes. by teams that can take advantage of that. Clemson did it to them two years ago. Uh, Ole Miss did it to them. Florida did it to them. The difference is, is this Alabama team can win shootouts. Imagine that. Yeah, that, that's the difference. You're right. And um, and you know, so so, but and also, I think too, Vince Notre Dame has unique personnel at those two positions. Right. right? That needs to be taken advantage of. So that's their strength. It's yeah. partly about Alabama having some vulnerabilities, and it's partly about that's where Notre Dame is the best. That's where your best players are.
1: And it's so clear. That's the problem. Or not problem, right. but that's what we see. As we're watching film, it's like, okay, how, how does the team that I'm looking at for, you know, uh, how do they match up, right? And they, Notre Dame matches up very, very well with their guys versus Alabama's front seven. Mm-hmm. They match up very well. Offensive line, running backs, they match up very, very well. Mm-hmm. Secondary for Alabama. How does Notre Dame match up with the secondary? What do they look like?
2: You know, Vince, this is a this is a very um, very interesting secondary. Um, they have a great corner in Patrick Sertain. Uh, the rest of their secondary is is vulnerable. I mean, we'll just we'll just look at it that way. The rest of their secondary is vulnerable. Um, good players that are good at certain things. I think their safeties are more alley run players than they are cover players
1: which is not surprising based Mm -hmm. on the way nick saban Mm -hmm. runs his defense
2: right um i think that they're they also with the pattern match stuff that they do they're going to leave their safeties in coverage a lot more especially against two and three receiver stuff that's just who they are uh and i don't see the talent at safety this year that we've seen in past years there's no xavier mckinney um, you know, th- there's nobody like that. There's no Minka Fitzpatrick that you can just move all around the defense to get in certain ice, you know, matchups. Where, you know, when you had a guy like me, Minka Fitzpatrick, if if your concern was, boy, we really don't like that matchup against Tommy Trumbull, you can m- put Minka Fitzpatrick on him, Right. right? Just, they don't have that kind of guy. Um, and if they did do that with Patrick Sertain, let's just say they put him, Patrick Sertain, on uh, Michael Mayer in the slot or Tommy Trumbull in the slot, now you like your advantages on the outside. Because they have good corners. Uh, you know, Josh Job is a good player, but he can be beat. Just go watch the first half of the Florida game. You can beat him, you know. Uh, he doesn't play as big as his size is, in my opinion, uh, on, on downfield throws. He's still a young player, uh, you know. But there's there's some advantages there. I don't think they've recruited the secondary as well the last couple of years as they have in the past. Uh, and so when a guy gets hurt or there's misses or guys don't develop, deep, yeah. it, it hurts him even more. And so I think there's some vulnerabilities there. You know, Malachi Moore, who – if you can get Malachi Moore on the field and get one of their linebackers off the field because of what you're doing with your offense, that's an advantage for Notre Dame. It's a big advantage for Notre Dame. And so it's just more reason why that other stuff is so important because – Notre Dame has to be in a situation where they're able to take advantage of the Alabama safeties because their, their star, their star, Patrick Sertan is awesome. Great player. Physical should probably get called for about two or three pass interferences a game. Never going to happen. Yeah, I don't think he's been called for one all year. Just when you're that great of a player, and Nick right. Saban, head coach, a lot of officials are going to be afraid to call a flag on you. Right. That's a fact. It's just going to happen. So that's you know, football
1: though. I mean, that's, that's football. Right.
2: Doesn't mean you ignore him. It just means that you got to find ways to manipulate manipulate your offense to get him away from where you want to go, and then you have to find the weaknesses. The weaknesses are the safeties, Josh Job, and again, weakness for Bama, right? The absolutely these weaknesses for North North Carolina, Syracuse, Ball. Everyone on the Notre Dame roster or on the Notre Dame schedule this year would love to have a lot of Alabama secondary and <laughs> linebackers Sure. There, right? So we're not saying, like, these guys wouldn't start at B.C. For Bama, for who they are, these right. are the vulnerabilities. So when it's a weakness compared to what they've been, it's not a weakness to where you're just going to go out in there and beat those guys like drums. You're not going to beat Daniel Wright <laughs> like a drum just because he's a terrible player. You're not going to beat Josh Job all game long like he's that corner the pit had that was
1: just They're like vulnerable. Awful. Because, Vulner-
2: like, right, vulnerable for Bama. Right. They're still good football players, which means your execution has to be at a high level, your 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 play calling has to be at a high level, your game planning has to be at a high level. But but what I am saying is, I do believe that Notre Dame has the personnel, absolutely, if used correctly, to hurt Bama's back seven. Yep. Um, we don't know if it's going to be used correctly because it also Hasn't had the been. personnel to to hurt Clemson, and it wasn't used correctly. In this game against Clemson, the first time we saw a little better job of it, but it's going to require Notre Dame to to have faith in. Hey, we have a matchup advantage here with our two tight ends, both of them, not just use one of them, but both of them. Uh, you know, let's take advantage. Let's use Michael Mayer and Tommy Tremble as big parts of our pass game. Let's use Chris Tyree and or excuse me, Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree in the pass game. Don't use your 4-3 running back as a guy that gives your starter a breather. Use him as a weapon. Use Avery Davis. This is a game where Avery Davis, if used correctly, can create some problems over the middle of the field. So when you think about that, Vince, doesn't that sound a lot similar to what Notre Dame did early against Georgia last year? Attacking with your tight end. Attack the middle of the field. Attack the seams. Go after the safeties. Go after the linebackers. It's the same defense. It really is. And so – and I would argue that Notre Dame is is every bit as good as tight end now as they were in that Georgia game when you consider it was Cole Komet's first game back after missing over a month of the season. Tommy Trimble was just in his third career game. Uh, You know, I would say that now you're in game 12 with Michael Mayer and Tommy Trimble compared to really game one with Cole Komet when, you know, his conditioning level wasn't, you know, where it would have been by the end of the year. I think Notre Dame can take advantage of that, certainly. And I think Notre Dame has a lot more options out of the backfield now than they had in that Georgia game last year, where it was Tony Jones and nobody else. Right. And so you have the weapons, take advantage of it. And because there are places where I would say Notre Dame's athletes are better. If you can get Javon McKinley somehow, some way, formationally, motions and shifts against Josh Job, go after it.
1: It's a win. Go be after aggressive it. enough to go after it. They that's did that the, in the Florida the State
2: game. When they got some early matchups where Javon McKinley was not matched up against Asante Samuel, they attacked downfield, and it worked. Um, they need to do that in this – they did that against Clemson when they had Javon McKinley against Sheridan Jones and not Darian Kendrick. They took advantage. They made some big shots. So you have to have enough um, – you have to have enough you know, analysis of what Bama does to say, if we do this, we think we can get Javon McKinley against Josh Joe. So let's move him around. Let's do these kind of things. If we do this, we know we can isolate our tight ends against this player. Mm-hmm. If we do this, we know we can get Patrick Sertan on an island to where, okay, he's going to be against Ben Skoranek. Okay, fine. Then just let that happen, and then we're going to go attack over here. Right. It takes some creativity. It takes some – uh, some diversity of who you are and how you attack, but there are some matchup advantages that, could, that that allow would allow Notre Dame to do two things that are important in this game Vince. and we'll have a key to the game article down the road but you have to create you have to create chain moving plays and you have to create big plays mm-hmm. And Notre Dame has matchup advantages with guys like Avery Davis, the tight ends, Josh, Javon McKinley against certain players. Uh, and then of course, your running backs to where you can have some success there and if you can get Ian book on the edge, with some design bootlegs or half rolls or, you know, some different things like that, Vince, where it's not him on the edge because he's scrambling, but him on the edge because it's designed. That will put Alabama in a bind, and that's where they can be. That's a, another area where I think they can be beat. And it just is going to require Notre Dame to, to be proactive. You can't just let Ian Book stand back behind the center the whole game. You right. have to move them. And that's another way you can get them on their heels to hopefully create some big play opportunities.
1: Is is Sertain the kind of guy that is going to follow the number one receiver wherever they go, or is he going to be more of like the field safety or the boundary safe? I mean, field corner, boundary corner, or whatever? How do you see that playing out a little bit?
2: I don't think he's going to be that against Notre Dame because I okay. don't think Notre Dame has anyone that re- re- requires you to have that kind of – I don't think they have to have him chase Javon McKinley around. Okay. Um, I think he has been at times, I've seen them move him around a little bit, but, you know, Alabama's going to do what they do on yeah. defense, you know, and, um, and that's why they've been vulnerable at times. If we're being honest, I mean, and that's why they've been vulnerable on a big stage at times. Let's be yeah. honest. I, I'm making similar criticisms to about the Alabama defense that I make about the Notre Dame offense. I mean, let's think about what Alabama's done on a big stage the last couple of times they've played SEC title game, 2008, 2020. They have a 46 points, right? The last time Bama was on a big stage because Bama wasn't in the SEC title game last year. Why? That's right. Because they gave up over 40 points to LSU, and they give up over 40 points against Auburn in money games, right? Year before that, college football playoff. They gave up 34 points to Oklahoma. Oklahoma moved the ball. And the reason Oklahoma lost that game is because Oklahoma's defense couldn't stop me, you, and a couple buddies from scoring that year. <laughs> you know? When you look at them in the national title game, Clemson embarrassed them. Yeah. So. This is not again, not your traditional Alabama defense. Right. And and so that's why I say this is if you're gonna win the game, if you're Notre Dame, this is the area where you have to take advantage and exploit Alabama to create those opportunities because there are some some positions where they're not as good as they used to be. And I would argue that Notre Dame is very good at those positions. And if they can find some ways to get those matchups, Vince, then I think Notre Dame can move the ball and score points and create a, a some a big game opportunity for Ian Book.
1: So what you're saying is there's a few matchups that you're paying attention to. Yes. Yes, okay, there well are.
2: there are. Yes. Amazing.
1: Yes. So we're going to get to those matchups in just a second, but first we want to hear from one of our uh, one of our title sponsors and that is Bet Online. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, Irish fans, welcome back. It is that time. We are going to give you some of the matchups that Brian and I are going to be uh, watching uh, on January 1st when Notre Dame lines up against Alabama. And and there's a there's a few to choose from uh, here, Brian. And, and if anybody's been following along here during the podcast, they can probably at least guess where I might be going. Uh, but I'm interested to see where you're going to be headed here as well. Why don't you give me one of your matchups? We'll kind of we'll go back and forth. We'll do this tennis style. We'll we'll, uh, we'll volley back and forth. So why don't you give us your first matchup you're going to be watching?
2: Well, I, I think for me, it, it's really about, it's about the tight ends, the Notre Dame tight ends against the Alabama linebackers and safeties. I, yep. I think this is a game where if your tight ends don't combine for 10 catches, then either Alabama just keyed on them the whole game, which set up some opportunities for some other things, or you call it a bad game. <laughs> I mean, or your quarterback didn't execute well. I mean, it, it's going to be a negative. It's not going to be something like, well, you know, they just covered them all game. That, that would be a bad sign. That would tell me that Bama kind of knew what was coming. Uh, that that's a matchup where Notre Dame can get chain moving plays and big plays. And, and it's the kind of it's it's the kind of matchup for me, Vince, when you look at them like so the linebackers are where I think you can get some of those chain moving plays that can turn into big plays. Cause if you can get behind the linebackers, if you can get the linebackers and the nickel, the nickel DB chasing across the field, those are instances where you can get that ten to fifteen yard gain, and then when you get the ball into Tommy Tremble and Michael Mayer's hands, they've both shown the ability to, and the athleticism to then do something with it. Right. Uh, there aren't a lot of teams that have tight ends that can do things with the ball in their hands like Notre Dame's top two tight ends. And, and you know, I mean, look, there's a lot of teams in the country that would say, hey, you know what, Notre Dame, you guys are being selfish. Can we please have Brock Wright and George Takis and Kevin Mountain? Yeah. We'll take. We'll just take. The, we won't. We don't even want your first two guys. Just give us your your second, your third, fourth, and fifth guy. Right. Um, because Notre Dame loaded that position. And, and if you're not taking advantage of that in this game against their – look, they don't have a linebacker that can run with Tommy Trumbull, in my opinion. Nope. Um, and they don't have a linebacker that has the combination of size and athleticism that Michael Mayer has. Right. And then safety-wise, they don't have the size. Of the, the size-wise, you've, you've got to take some shots to Michael Mayer and Tommy Trumbull down the field. Even if they're covered, uh, understand that if they're in a one-on-one, that's a they're, they're open. Give them a chance. Right. And um, I think that's a matchup where if Notre Dame can take advantage of that, especially early, then that's going to open Loosen up so many yes. things run game-wise, yes. matchup-wise. Now, all of a sudden, Avery Davis, I'm loving that matchup. If you get the tight ends going early and then Alabama's got to really start doing to him what, the, what Georgia did to Colt Komet last year, what, what did Notre Dame start having? You had an outside shot one-on-one to Lawrence Keyes. You had yeah. some outside shots in the second half to Chase Claypool that they finally started throwing, you know, when the game was, was when they started getting down. Um, there's some slot opportunities that Chris Fink didn't take advantage of that I really like Avery Davis to be able to take advantage yeah. of. So, uh, But it all started with Notre Dame coming out early and getting Cole Komet yeah. involved in the offense. And it's going to be a similar thing now, except now you got two of them. Yep. And, and I think that's where, that's where I think that – I mean, that's, to me, that's matchup number one. Like, for me, I didn't want to go the coordinator-coordinator route because we've done that one before. That's, I've made that very obvious. Tommy Reese has to have a great game. This is a great opportunity for Tommy Reese to show that, hey, uh, this is why I got this job. Sure. Uh, but it, it, he's gonna, if he's going to show that, it better have the tight ends being a big part of that, of that game
1: well, um, you know, I hate to say you stole my thunder, but I don't know if you can see that. Tight ends versus Alabama <laughs> linebackers and safeties. Well, then you should have gone so, first. You're, well, you're hosting the show. You could I, have gone first. And, well, I wanted to give you, you know, I wanted to give you the layup. Uh, but, I mean, come on. That's, that's got to be mm-hmm. the most obvious yeah. thing on this side of the football yeah. that we're going to be watching. I mean yeah. I'm not in any way surprised that we both had that one. Right. Um and I mean you outlined it perfectly but there there's a serious mismatch uh there's a serious mismatch there. Mm-hmm. Wow, mismatch. Yeah. Uh mismatch there that favors Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if they can go to them early and often, you're right, it's going to open up the run game. Uh, It's going to open up what the wide receivers want to do because then they're going to focus on the tight ends and you're going to get one-on-ones on on the outside that Mm -hmm. Notre Dame's receivers, okay, they're not elite, but they're good enough to win some one-on-one matchups and you can also Mm -hmm. scheme your way into wins in one-on-one matchups. You don't have to be elite to be open uh in a one-on-one so Javon uh, McKinley
2: I, can beat some of their corners absolutely in one-on-ones so I and, mean and, is he gonna so be Patrick all day no he's not no but can he beat Josh Job? absolutely yes. but you've got to be creative with how you create those opportunities and if absolutely. you use other players to set that up then yeah. then you know it, it's it's a huge one but there's some other matchups obviously Vince that that I'm a little bit more concerned about from
1: well one. I one of the ones for me, and this is my second big one uh, after watching the game film uh, Christian Barmore on the offense or on the defensive line. He's not even listed as a starter. But he was wreaking havoc in the backfield. Yeah, neither is uh, Michael
2: Mayer, or Tommy Trumbull. I mean, Brock Wright's still listed okay. as a starting tight end. To, to your point, I mean – Bing, bing, you win that I, one. No, <laughs> I don't win it. I'm, I'm supporting no. your point. He may not be listed as a starter, but you and I watch the film. He's their, he's their yes. end. He's their yeah. starting
1: end. Yeah, so, so Christian Barmore, number 58, he's 6'5", 3'10". And he was just—he was absolutely abusing uh, the center from Georgia uh, mm-hmm. when I was watching. You know, when I was watching that particular game, and it worries me because the last time we saw this Notre Dame team, Josh Log was not having his best game. Now, granted, he was going up against one of the best interior defensive linemen in the country. Uh, but he and, had similar and, issues against Syracuse. And and, they don't have one of the best interior players. There you come. go. So the Tyler kid is good from Clemson. But they need to shore up what they're doing uh, at the center position for Notre Dame. And I don't know if that means Zeke Carell needs to get a, a little bit of playing time. I'm, I'm going to assume that he's going to be healthy. Uh, we talked to, um, you know, one of the doctors on staff uh, on one of my other radio shows, and he said everybody was healthy and ready to go last game. But we yeah, did not was see a, that. Yeah, That was a Carrell.
2: coaching decision from what from yeah. everything I was told. They chose yeah. to go with Josh Lugg, which is fine. I mean, Which is fine. I mean, Josh Lugg is a talented player. I just don't think – here's the thing. We're hard on Josh Lugg right now about these matchups, Vince. But it's it's not Josh Lugg's Josh Lugg's fault. He's not a center. He's not a center. It's I exactly mean, he's right. He he was really good at right tackle last yes. year. I think he can be a good guard. I thought, you know, I thought as he kind of got going against North Carolina, I thought he got better and better in the second half, <laughs> and that's why Notre Dame ran the ball so well in the second half because him and Zeke Carell kind of found their footing. He's not a center. He's almost 6'8. That's exactly right. He's not going to win that pad level battle when he's trying to snap and then step. It's just, it's a hard it's, thing to do. Yeah,
1: especially to pick up in a in right. two weeks. I mean
2: so it's they're thing put, to get emergency. They put snaps, him in a bad situation. I, I completely that's agree. that's not on Josh Lugg. That's that's a coaching decision and one that I don't agree with. And, and so far it hasn't worked out. Now, maybe now after two games under his belt and two extra, you know, an extra week of practice, maybe Josh Lugg will play better. Because if they could get Josh Lugg to play at center the way he played a right tackle last year. That's great. Then I feel better about that matchup Yes, because right now it's a problem. And, and look, Bama's got this guy on the sideline named Nick Saban um, <laughs> That's good. who, who's been a pretty good defensive mind his whole career. I say yeah. that incredibly sarcastically. Uh, he's one of the best defensive minds of my gender of my lifetime. Uh, and he's also him and his staff and, and Nick Saban. If you don't know this, if you don't follow Bama, Nick Saban is still very involved in the defense. And he used to, up until recently, he coached the corners. And that yes. like, he's got a corners coach now, and he's a good one. I think it's Carl Scott is still the corners coach. It's a very good one. But he's still heavily involved in the defense. And one of the things that's always been so good about Nick Saban is he's gonna find your weak spot. It's like that scene. Yep. You remember the scene in Waterboy where the <laughs> the going for the onside kick. And the kicker's looking around. He's like, oh, there's my, you know what. You know what. Yeah, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's kind of how Nick Saban and his staff break down film. Like, that's the matchup that we can exploit. That's their weakness. That's where we can take their heart. Oh, and, and and they do a great job of that. So, they're going to watch the Clemson game. They're going to watch the Syracuse game. And they're going to say, these teams just attack Notre Dame right up the middle yeah. and forced everything outside. And and it threw off the time. I mean, Notre Dame can never get into a rhythm offensively against Clemson because – they just kept coming right up the middle, whether it was with with linebackers yeah. coming on blitzes or whether it was the defensive lineman. Notre Dame lost the battle up in the middle. And you, Vince, you're an offensive coordinator. You were one for a long time. I've called plays. You and I both know if you're getting your butt whooped right up the middle, there's not it, a whole lot it you can hurts. do. Man. There's there's yeah. not there's not a lot of buttons you can push unless you got Michael Floyd playing boundary receiver and Will Fuller playing X receiver, and you've got Cole Kmetter or Michael Mayer, Tommy Tremble, or Tyler Eifert, you know, kind of in the slot at tight end. Unless you just got dudes across the board, if you're getting your butt whooped up the middle of, in the A gaps and B gaps, there's not a lot for you to do. Yeah. So they're going to see that, and they're going to attack it. You can guarantee that they're going to attack it. So Notre Dame's going to have to have a plan for that. Number one is going to be get Josh Lug going or find someone else to play center. Correct. Um, you know and I don't know what the answer is I'm not at practice but what I know is what we saw in film at center the last two weeks is not good enough to beat Bama correct and so now that doesn't mean that I'm saying bench Josh Lugg because I like I said we've seen Josh Lug play really good football before correct not at center maybe now in game three he's going to be a lot better hopefully he is but to your point Vince that's the matchup mm-hmm. that is going to be there i wrote about christian barmore in my you know defensive players to to know list because the same thing you said they're going to use him to attack the a
1: gaps Well, and, and listed as a defensive end but you and i both know he's not rushing off the edge right right and and he's it's the same way if notre Dame can get the tight ends going that opens up everything else yeah if alabama can dominate the inside that opens up everything else they want to do defensively i mean yeah. that that's that's the 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 crux, the apex of what they want to do defensively. If they can yeah. start disrupting things up the middle, that's going to mess up Notre Dame, and then now Alabama can do all kinds of different things yeah. defensively. So that's, they that's, can
2: chase to the perimeter. They got yeah. range of safety. They got range yep. of linebacker. If this is a if this is an East West game for Notre Dame, they They're got no chance. Yeah. yeah. Because again, East West can be good. I mean, if you're hitting East West because you're you're hitting those cutback lanes, that's good. But the point is, you're not get, you're not hitting those cutback lanes when you're getting beat up the middle. Right, right. Um, you know, and, and that's the point. And so when we mean East-West, we're talking about trying to outrun them to the right. sideline, not run a, a buck sweep where you're looking yeah. to get a vertical insertion. A in sideline-to-sideline
1: side game, yeah. Right. right. It's, not it's gonna just not really going to happen,
2: especially not with your run game. Right. So you have, to, you have to dictate early on that inside-outside balance if you're Notre Dame that allows you to 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 do that. But honestly, Vince, no matter what you do game plan wise, if you're not getting better play up the middle than what we saw the last two games, it won't matter.
1: Nope. Agreed. Agreed. Give me uh, give me another matchup you're keeping an eye. Those are my two. Those are my yeah. two big ones.
2: I think the biggest one is is finding ways to get shots down the field against Josh Job. I mean again, Josh Job's a good football player. And there's a lot of teams in Notre Dame played this year that we would love to have Josh Job. Uh, as their as their other cornerback but he's not an elite corner at least not right now Uh, he's a guy that can be beat you you've watched film I've watched a lot of film Um, he's a guy that can get beat at times Uh, and and he's not a guy you're going to beat constantly right but he is a guy I think you can hit a couple big plays on and you have to take those chances look Vince this is going to be just like it was against Clemson the last three times they've played in those games, and I said this back in 2018, we said it before the, 20, the November 7th game, we said it for, before the ACC title game, you're going to get about five or six chances for big plays in this game.
1: And you have to hit on over and half of them. That's the key. That's not – you have to find those spots right. to hit. Because you, you bang your head against the wall over and over and over, but then if you find that spot where you can hit, that's right. the difference in the Devin ball game.
2: McKinley didn't catch 12 deep balls against Clemson. He hit right. Two, but those two were big so because big. they set up other things. And so that's the thing that Notre Dame going to have to do is they're going to have to find ways to get Javon McKinley, Braden Lindsay, if he's healthy. I don't know. I mean, I, at this point in time with Braden Lindsay, I'm not depending on him for anything, but if, If he's healthy and and doing well in practice and showing the burst that he had before the hamstring, which we haven't seen him do it all year. Right. right. But if he is healthy, I mean, who knows, you know, whether Joe will. I mean, I don't know who it is. I think, first of all, it has to be about Javon McKinley. Sure. It has to be about that's your best receiver. When when your offense was money this year, it's because Javon McKinley was going off. Go back and look at Notre Dame's best offensive games all year. And in those games, there's one constant theme. Javon McKinley goes off. Yeah. Look at games where the offense is struggled or sputtered. And what is it? Javon McKinley's not getting the ball. So you have to realize we have to get Javon McKinley going. Mm -hmm. There's a matchup that we can do where we can maybe get two or three shots down the field. And if we can create three vertical shots, and if Javon can catch two of them in in a matchup against Josh Job. Then, then you you take your shot. And, and absolutely. And honestly, I wouldn't mind them taking a shot against Patrick Sertan early with Sertan early with Javon McKinley. If you get him in a one-on-one, Ian, drop back and launch that sucker, throw it outside, give Javon a chance to play. Because that's the kind of mental thing Vince, yes. that you know that oh wow, they're not afraid if, to go after me. Whoa, and 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 Javon just beat that dude. That's like, hey, we can yes. if we can beat their best player, yes, then then what can we do to these other cats? And so I, that's why I say you don't want to make a living going after Sertain. You don't because he will beat you more often than not. But if there's a way early in the game to get Javon in a one-on-one or even a Michael Mayer in a one-on-one, sure. Tommy, I don't care who it is, but one of your best players, that means Mayer, Trumbull, or Javon McKinley take a shot first or second down shot, second and two shots, something like that, where you say, Hey, we're not afraid of you. We're coming at you. Because even if it's incomplete, you look at it and say, hey, we're, we're, we're coming after you. We're not afraid of you, Alabama. We're going right. to come after you. And, and I think that's the kind of mindset you need to establish in a game like this. And so I think that's the other matchup for me, Vince, is you mentioned Ben Skoranek. I, I think Ben Skoranek is a complimentary player. I don't think he's a guy that creates a, a matchup advantage, not the way that they use him. If Notre Dame used him like I think they should, then and he's going against linebackers and safeties exactly, at times in yeah. the slot. I'd feel good about that, but we've never seen Notre Dame use him that way. Yeah, you're right. So, if they did, great. You can add him the same way you talk about the tight ends, but the perimeter guy that I think gives them problems is Javon McKinley. And That's and fair. I think – I don't say problems, but he's as good as their uh, as their other corners. And he's big enough and good enough. I mean, he got one shot to beat Caleb Farley, who everybody's talking about being a first-round pick from Virginia Tech. He got one shot down the field against Caleb Farley last year. One and he caught it. He beat him. He (laughs) beat Asante Samuel down the field for a big play this year. I mean, not all of his deep shots against Florida State were big plays. Javon McKinley's a really good football player when you give him a chance. Yep. And Notre Dame didn't give him a chance against Clemson. They got to give him a chance. And and Ian Book has to say, okay, yeah, Patrick Sertain is right in Javon's hip. Throw it up. Let Let him go make a play. And if it's incomplete, it's incomplete. Right. Right? That's a low interception type of route. A a, deep, a back shoulder deep ball, unless you throw it terribly, is not a ball that's often going to get picked off. So take the shot, and give your guy a chance to make a play. And if he makes it, it's a it's a momentum changing play. If he doesn't make it, it's third and two or second and ten. And you, you you just you come back at it. So sure, for me that's the third matchup, Vince. That okay? That I'm I'm curious because again they're going to have to they're going to have to make some plays on the outside. They're going to have to. And how are you going to do that? Is going to is going to go a long way determining whether or not Notre Dame can stay in a shootout with this game. Cause it's going to have to be that you're not, you're not winning this game. 2117. If you only score 21 points in this game, you're getting blown out. Yeah.
1: You just are. You yeah, no, I agree. Score. And, and, and to come full circle on that thought, uh, this is the side of the ball that's going to make or break this mm-hmm. game. I mean, the, the Notre Dame defense, while they did not play exceptionally well against Clemson the second time around, they still held them to two touchdowns below their average. And even if Notre Dame doesn't play their best game, I, I feel like they're still going to compete and they're going to hold Alabama under their average. So this is the side of the ball that needs to come to play for Notre Dame to be in this game, yeah. to have a chance at winning. They have to put points on the board. And there's places against this mm-hmm. Alabama our off- defense where this Notre Dame offense can be successful. And they, they just have to have the cojones and the creativity uh, the courage to go after those shots, uh, to to put your guys in a position to be successful, and to complete those passes and to make the put, you know, make the throws to uh, to your guys. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. Can they do it? Will they do it? Or is it going to be the same old, same old from this offense?
2: Vince, here's a, a fascinating stat that I saw uh, CBS put on the the board during the the SEC title game, which okay. fascinated me. Since being held to 16 points in the 2018 title game against Clemson, it's in the two years since. So what are they now on? They played, what, 13 games last year? They're- oh, so 24 yeah. games since. They have not been held below 35 points once. Jeez. They've only scored in the 30s by my count the last two years. They've only scored in the 30s four times. They're going to score. Right. You know?
1: So, again, They're if Notre Dame score. can hold them in the 30s, that's a win yeah. for Notre Dame's defense, okay? right. Huge win. What can the offense bring to the table? Right, right. That's, That's going to be the key.
2: Yeah. And, and, and to your point, Vince, there's places Notre Dame has some – some. there's some guys that Alabama's going to be worried about on Notre Dame offense. For we sure. just don't know if it's going to be the quarterback and we don't know if it's going to be Tommy Reese. You know, Tommy Reese has to put Ian Book in position to be successful. No doubt. Uh, Ian Book has to make the throws. No but doubt. But the, the success that he puts him in – is going to be about how do you utilize your personnel, your movements, your shifts, and those kind of things to get yourself in matchup advantages to where you have your best players in areas where they can go against guys that are vulnerable in Alabama. Notre Dame hasn't done a great job of that this year. It's been very much a, our guys are better than your guys. And here we come. We're Here, here we are, and, yeah. and that's not going to work against Bama. Not for four quarters. No. I mean, no. you know, even looking against Clemson, Notre Dame got into Clemson territory their first three possessions. I mean, they moved the ball.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Then Clemson
2: adjusted. Notre Dame didn't, and Notre Dame never threatened to score really again until it was thirty-four to three. Yeah. And and that you know you do that against Alabama, you're going to lose. You know the the, the twenty twelve title game is going to look like a competitive game. Oh. You know, compared to what it is now, because here's, here's the thing: if your offense is punting, punting, and turning the ball over, your defense is going to get embarrassed because. The way that Alabama moves, the way they go, they're not like an up tempo offense, but they're an efficient, explosive mm-hmm. offense. They're going to create. They're going to complete seventy percent of their passes. They're going to take their big shots. I mean, you could be down. I mean, by five touchdowns before you can blink. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, and and when your defense keeps having to get put on the field over and over and over because you're right. not putting drives together and you're not getting points on the board, you know, it could it could look worse because your your defense could be in a situation where. You know, we didn't really play as bad as as the stats may show. It's kind of like the 2018 game against Clemson. The defense played a lot better than the final numbers. They played a lot better than 30 points and 500 yards of offense. But the offense just kept giving Clemson the ball back at time after time after time after time. time, And eventually they're going to beat you. Right. You know, if if Notre Dame just had one more drive where they could have converted two more first downs, Clemson doesn't even have the last two possessions where they had touchdowns. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's where you say this offense is going to be important and they're going to start early. And we'll get into keys to the game as we get closer to the week. But sure. personnel-wise, I think the biggest thing to understand for, for Notre Dame fans is personnel-wise, if someone's telling you that Notre Dame doesn't match up personnel-wise against Alabama, um, they're lying to you. Absolutely. They, they just are. Because Notre Dame has one of the three – we didn't even talk about the matchup of the rest of the Notre Dame offensive line against Bama's defensive line. I mean, Notre Dame has one of the two or three best offensive lines in the country. Sure. Liam Eikenberg is a first-round caliber pick. Aaron Banks is a guy that some people are talking about could be a a day one or day two draft pick. You know, Robert Hainsey is going to be making money in the NFL next year. If Tommy Kramer didn't have so many injuries, I think he'd be a guy that would be making money in the NFL. Notre Dame's tight end depth chart and talent is as good as any team in the country. Uh, Javon McKinley has shown he's a darn good football player. Kyron Williams – you know, ACC Rookie of the Year, second-team All-ACC player, 1,000-yard rusher, Chris Tyree, one of the best running back recruits in the country. And when he gets the ball, he's looked pretty flipping good this year, averaging seven yeah. yards a-, a carry. So, again, this is not a talent issue on this side of the ball. Tomorrow's show, <laughs> we're going to have a different conversation. Yeah. There are some, some, some areas where Notre Dame has personnel matchups that have me very concerned. Sure. That's not the case when you're talking about the Notre Dame offense against the Alabama defense. This is going to be more of a coaching quarterback concern than it is a personnel concern everywhere else, except I'd say center, quarterback, offensive coordinator. If those three positions perform well, Notre Dame may lose, but they're going to score, and it's going to be a fun game to watch. Yep. That's, that's what I'm looking for.
1: All right, that's going to do it for this edition, I believe, unless you've got something else you want to add, Brian. I've said enough. Okay. <laughs> I've said Fair more enough. than
2: enough. About well, it was all good
1: up. stuff, and there's <laughs> more good stuff over at uh, irishbreakdown.com, so make sure you head over there. One article I want to pay close attention to, if you have not read it yet, is Alabama's recruiting versus Notre Dame's recruiting and who's going to be on the field uh, on New Year's Day because it is eye opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so make sure you check that out because. And I don't not think... in the way that some of you might think. Right. That's exactly right. I think I... some of you are thinking, oh,
2: yes, Alabama's got way better recruits. Mm-hmm. No, Just no. Read go,
1: read go read the article. There was a lot of work that was done for this article and touche to you, Brian, for doing it. Uh, but it's it's really, really, it's a good read. So I highly suggest everybody go over there and check it out if you haven't done so already. Uh, But there's going to be a lot more. Go ahead. And on that too, Vince, so just if you're not
2: familiar with the website or something that we do, I will have the, the Alabama discussion board is already on the site. So basically that is anytime you want to do chat, but also anytime we publish an Alabama Notre Dame article, any kind of matchup, anything that we do, when the depth charts come out, which we expect to come out on Monday, anything like that, is going to go into that Alabama, Notre Dame versus Alabama discussion board, which is going to be pinned in one of the top stories from now until we get closer to game day. Well, actually, until we get to game day. So right. um, that is where you can find all the stories. So if, if we're referencing, hey, if you, you know, this article that I wrote here, or this you don't have to go searching the whole website to find that story. It's going to be in the Notre Dame versus Alabama discussion board. So anytime I publish, as soon as I publish a story, I grab it. Tweet it out, put it on Facebook, and if you haven't joined, uh, join our, our Irish Breakdown uh, fan group on Facebook. We put all of our stuff there. Um, that's growing, growing a little bit, and then, uh, but also, you're going to find all of it in that on that page at IrishBreakdown.com. So, right. you, and you look for it. It's going to be one of the top stories the entire week. Notre Dame versus Alabama discussion board. That is where all of our stuff. That we may rent, that we may mention during the show, but and all of our stuff that's going to be Notre Dame, Alabama specific, including our podcasts, uh, will be in there. So, just wanted to remind people of that. Absolutely. Since you brought up the article, I thought it was a good time to,
1: to add. Absolutely. That. So make sure you check out, uh, you know, everything over on IrishBreakdown We'll be bringing you a podcast today. Uh, our next one is going to be the Notre Dame defense versus the Alabama offense and what that is going to look like. And then we will have matchup shows, one for the offense of, of Notre Dame, one for the defense of Notre Dame. And then we will have, of course, our predictions as well. So that's the next five shows. So mm-hmm. uh, make sure you check those out. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your uh, your podcast, whether it's uh, iTunes or wherever, Spotify you click the subscribe
2: we're on button on Pandora now, iHeartRadio now. I got yes. an email from Google Podcasts. If you listen on Google Podcasts, they said that they found the reason why it hasn't been uploading there yet uh, and they're fixing it, so hopefully within the next week or so nice. uh, that'll be set too. So as we made that transition over to Simplecast, obviously it's going to take some time to get back on all those platforms, but we're growing by the day on the number of platforms yep. we're on. So uh, yep. be patient or find another platform that we're on because there's lots of ways to do it and of course every podcast we do is put on the website at irishbreakdown.com
1: no doubt and then also don't forget to check out our youtube channel uh select podcasts. go up there and uh, hit the subscribe button so you can be notified when one of those goes up as well if you want to see our smiling faces as we go through these uh, so uh, with that said for brian driscoll i'm vince daddario and we will talk to you next time on the irish breakdown podcast